Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of the Complete Student Podcast. We're so excited to be joined by Miss Hope Valentine today. And Hope is a licensed counselor here in Bellevue, Nebraska. She's got many years of experience and expertise in grief, stress, anxiety, depression, counseling. Uh, Hope, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for inviting me to, to do this. Yeah, absolutely. We're so thrilled to be able to have you here and just kind of discuss some important topics as it relates to some of our students. So just to start off, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? How long have you been in practice? Okay. Well, thank you again for, for inviting me here. Uh, my name is Hope Valentine. I'm a licensed mental health practitioner here in Bellevue. I have a private practice. Um, I've been in practice for over 21 years now. You know, I'm serving the, the Bellevue, Omaha metro area. Awesome. Awesome. So what what would you say made you interested in counseling? Was it something that like you just found that you were naturally good at? You're sitting down with people, talking to them and just kind of, you know, we're giving them advice or like how did that kind of passion stir up in you to want to go into counseling? Well, for the sake of time, uh, I wouldn't necessarily consider it a natural gift. Um, I would really consider it to be a... Um, a gift from God. Uh, I consider it to be a calling. Um, It didn't start out so naturally uh, for me. I spent 20 years. I'm a military veteran with the Air Force. I retired um, from the military. Um, I have always had a knack for um, solicited or unsolicited (laughs) advice. You know, I tend to kind of get in trouble a lot um, in school for talking too much, that kind of a thing. Me too. And so I always kind of felt like, you know, um, that it was something that, that I thought about pursuing, but it wasn't necessarily on my radar screen. So I don't know how naturally it came, but um, but I felt like God kind of ordered my steps along the way. So we can talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah. I um, had a counseling class in college and we would do like uh, some role playing. And I always thought I was just terrible at it. Like, I just know that I would be really bad. But like my wife, I feel like she has the knack for it. I, I'm trying to push her in that she should she should get into it. But so you talked about kind of your faith a little bit and how God kind of ordained your steps into it. So how has your faith kind of influenced your practice? As I said earlier, I think it was a launch pad for me, uh, my faith. Um, it was in my faith that I really heard the call of God, that, that God had a call on my life and my life was no longer my own. Uh, it belonged to God. Um, and so I had a world of um, ideas that I thought I would be doing for myself, um, which turned out to be none of those things. Um, and I'm so thankful for the call of God. And he solidified that call in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah 61, uh, when it says the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. You know, he's called me to preach the good news and to heal and to, to help the sovereign, you know, parts of the, the grief piece and all the things that come with it, the mourners, and to encourage them. And so I think when I saw that piece of it, I sort of just knew in my heart that, um, that that's what God had called me to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that I've noticed, especially during this time, we've been dealing with coronavirus now for many months and um, people have been at home. They've been maybe uh, physically distant from people. Uh, I just see in a lot of our students that like they're becoming more anxious they're becoming more depressed. They're just like all of all of that seems to be weighing really heavy on on our students and where are some of maybe in your eyes what are some of the the prevalent issues that you see that are really affecting young people today 
You know, what um, maybe you don't know this about me is I, I did a lot three-year internship in the school system. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have an affinity for the education system, for the school, the student population. Um, even though I service a lot of uh, all the different populations, you know, clientele. Um, but for the students, what I am seeing most now is I'm seeing a lot of the PTSDs, so a lot of the anxiety, a lot of the impression, a lot of the suicide things that are coming up. Um, just a lack of coping skills, um, just a lot of self-harming behaviors, uh, things that I think that um, not just COVID-induced, but I think a lot of these things have just been kind of brewing, and COVID has just exposed them. Yeah. So as you kind of, you know, look into that a little bit more, what it, what would you say are, are some of the things in culture today specifically that's mm-hmm. causing some of those things to come out more now than before? Wow. Um, I want to say social media, but yeah. I, but I want to say that with some kindness because there's some good and some bad with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the good is probably what we're doing right now, um, being able to, to podcast this. But the not so good pieces of it is that I think young people today are so influenced by the social media and the wealth and the breadth of, of that experience of it all that um, there's just a lot of things that's shaping them more so than, than back in my day. Um, in my times that um, there's just a lot of things I think young people are just kind of glued to a lot. So that, that would be the big thing. I think there's another thing, just the parenting challenges. That's one of the hardest things that you'll ever do in your life as yeah. parent. Well, you know that. You well, got some I'm, kiddos. I'm so. starting to realize. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't have teenagers, yeah. but well, just even a six and a four-year-old are making me reach my, my capacity. <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you, it will. It'll, yeah, it will take you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's some of the parenting challenges that um, parents are facing today mm-hmm. that uh, with their young people of just trying to, to get it right or trying to do the best that they can while they're being pulled and stretched at both ends themselves, too. Um, but the bullying piece of it, um, back in the day, it was more like, you know, okay, they took your lunch money, you know, or kind of punch yeah. you on the <laughs> playground. Uh, today, we got cyberbullying. So we have a lot of things that's really spreading exponentially. So I, I do think that those are some of the things that we're seeing in society today that are really just challenging us. Yeah. Would you uh, would you say that cell phones for young people are good overall or more unhealthy overall? If you had to, I'm even put an age to. I wouldn't give a kid a phone until this age, or I wouldn't let them join social media till a certain age. What would you, and, what would you and, say? And that's kind of hard to say because I think each child in each circumstances is very different. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard for me to say what I would do. I, I know with mine, um, she t- the last one, she constantly asked me how old does she have to be to get a phone. Yeah. And her comments were that everybody's gotten one. And I said, well, no, not everybody. And she said, uh-huh, mommy. I go, no, no, you don't. <laughs> so, you know, and so she was 13, you know, when she got the phone, um, stuff on it. And, and that was because I felt like that things were a little bit different then. You know, uh, nowadays, I think each parent has to make that kind of decision. And likewise, each parent has to own the consequences of that decision, too. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that I'm also seeing just kind of with with all that's going on and, you know, the anxiety and the stress and all of those things that are going on, um, I guess I'm seeing just this sense of, like, we don't really know what to do, right? Like we don't really know what to do with all of that. And, uh, you know, when, um, when people are 
thinking about, oh, tomorrow is coming and like, I got to go to school or I've got this going on. Like I, I sense that that's even thinking about tomorrow brings a lot of anxiety to our students. And, um, and, and oftentimes it's when they're at home. So my question is kind of what are some steps that when students are at home and they start to feel those anxious feelings, they start to feel kind of uncertain about the future or whatever it might be, what are some steps that they can take to kind of help in those times of feeling anxious? You know, one of the things I want to say about anxiety is that oftentimes we get it confused with a lot of other mood disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety is that, that kind of behavior where we're always forward thinking. We're thinking about obsessing about the future, the what if. Mm-hmm. I sort of call it like the um, the nervousness on steroids. Okay, yeah. You know, the butterflies that we would normally get that we can kind of manage that piece of it. But it's almost like those butterflies on steroids with a humongous appetite that we just can't seem to satisfy those things. And a lot of that really comes from, you know, even from the parents. I tell parents, whatever you worry about is typically what your kids will worry about. Whatever you're anxious about is typically will just kind of trickle down. And so I think some of the things that I find that students, the advice I would give them, uh, which I'm not really good about giving advice, but about suggestions I would make for them, is try not to stay isolated. Um, typically in this culture today, um, between the games and the phones and everything, people feel like they have at their disposal everything they need. Yeah. Uh, so they tend to spend a lot of time alone. And so I, I do, I caution them to have just a good, healthy support network. You know, you got parents, you got pastors, you got, you know, educators, you got other people, coaches, you got a lot of people that are success, accessible to you. And so I tell parents, uh, kiddos that, you know, you can do that. You can reach out to some of these people. Just don't stay isolated. Yeah. And when you say isolated, you mean like physically isolated, isolated, because I think a lot of our students will feel like, oh, if I'm playing video games, I got my headset on and I'm talking to my friends. So I don't feel isolated or I'm talking on my phone. So you're talking about like a more physical I'm talking physical. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things I didn't mention is that there's a humongous stigma with mental health. So that's a bigger problem today, I think, for young people, because they don't feel like they, they should reach out to get help. They feel like they can do this you know, on their own. And for some cases, yes, maybe they can. But some of the things I would say, not only just the, the isolation piece of it at home, but I would caution them to, to just elevate their self-care, prioritize that. Uh, I'm amazed at the young people that just don't see the need for self-care. They see it as just kind of this interruption of life, you know, yeah. inconvenience, one more thing. Um, sleep is a big thing. You know, they just don't sleep well, they don't eat well, they don't, you know, exercise. Oh, my God, what is that? <laughs> exercise, you know, they, they just don't, you know. And so you're trying to say that has a big impact on your mental abilities. Yeah. And so if you don't do that, then you're, what you're doing is you're opening yourself up to become a little bit more predisposed to anxiety, depression, stress, and all those other things. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier, uh, you just said that like sometimes we confuse some of these terms, anxiety with with other mental health terms. So can you kind of define for us then what's the difference between um, anxiousness, stress and depression? Kind of those three things. How would you define them differently? I would look at the anxiety again, as I said, kind of that futuristic what if kind of a thing. You're molding those negative thoughts over and over and over, and you're trying to take control. And we have a society today that's very perfectionistic, so yeah. they just feel like they have to just get it right and right. what if. And, and the coping skills are very on the low edge. 
So you find them that with the anxiety piece of it, they are a little bit more predisposed to that. Depression is more along the sign of a, a sadness or irritability or more of the sign of that you lost interest in some things that it's just kind of harder to get your mojo back mm -hmm. sort of thing, you know, with that with depression piece of it. And either one of them, if you catch it early enough, it's manageable. Yeah. It's manageable. That's the hope I want to leave with them. You know, it's yeah. manageable. You know. So what's the difference between then like anxiety and stress how do i know if i'm feeling anxious or if i'm feeling just stress are they one and the same or is, is there some differences i think they're kissing cousins i think okay. that you know typically if you have some anxiety there's usually a stressor somewhere there's a trigger somewhere in that that's causing you to become anxious about okay. some things okay um you typically see even with the stress piece of it there's a, a lack of any kind of hobbies or de-stressors so to speak mm -hmm. and so we want to make sure that, that young people do have some outlets um in this Society that we live in right now with COVID, uh, very few outlets we have that uh, can keep us safe. So we're finding a lot of young people, not just young people, but people in general, are very, the stress levels are extremely high. Anxiety is even more so higher, you know, on it. And because they just don't have the outlets, you know, it's just, it's not like we can just go to the movies like we used to, you know, um, not like you can go out roller skating, you know, for young people or hang out in large crowds like you right. used to, you know, and kicking it. Um, the young people just don't have that. Mm -hmm. And so we're finding, too, a lot of the stress and a lot of the anxiety of it of just not having some good, healthy outlets. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. So sort of last question here. Um, what are some ways that students, if they do find themselves in that early stage of depression before they need to come see you, that they can kind of... Um, I know you mentioned self-care, but what are some other things that they can do for themselves or they're, they're at home and, and maybe they sense some early signs of depression, but they're, you know, they're just not ready to at that level yet where they, they need to come see you, but what are some other things they can maybe do? Well, my hope is that they will have some good communication with someone, some yeah. accountability somewhere in the midst of all that, that, somebody that they feel they can trust, that's safe, that they can talk to. Um, and so we, young people know this fully well. You see something, you say something. Yeah. And my take on that, too, is that if you feel something that just does not feel right, you feel like you're just out of sorts, or, or several people have been telling you, you know, hey, you're a little bit off here, you know, or you're agitated, or they, you just fell off the grid somewhere. Um, my hope is that they will begin to have that kind of discussion, you know, with someone, with a loved one or someone that they trust. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Hope, for this time, just sharing uh, with our students some very important things just to help them be healthy and be strong mentally. And um, just before we go, let everybody know where your practice is at, where they can find you, um, all that. Okay, well, I'm located, <clears throat> excuse me, located at 1620 Wilshire Drive, Suite 222. It's here in Bellevue. Um, if you're familiar with the McDonald's off of Gavin Road, I'm right off of Gavin Road, but you can find me there. Um, if you want to email me, you can email me at hopevalentine, the number two, at cox.net. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time with us this morning. Well, thank you.